think a lot of people try and focus on going viral rather than giving actual value towards the people they want to attract for a client. Stop trying to go viral and give more con more value behind what their business is. That makes sense. Okay, I want a coaching. Who am I going to go to? His content's super helpful and I really like the way he articulates stuff rather than the guy who dances around the gym like a performing clown. That makes sense. It's TikTok, bro. Shit. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's fucked up, right? Yeah, but the, yeah, it's fucked up. Because the good stuff it's doesn't good, work. It's the good stuff, yeah. But also, in reality... If you're an online trainer looking to grow your business, we're in for a treat today. Today I've got Joss Mooney from Elevate Agency. Um, I've seen, me and Joss have never really connected, but we floated around the same places, Dubai and Marbella, and probably seen each other online for fucking about the last six, seven years. So it's, it's interesting to have a conversation now. Um, Joss has been very successful in terms of being on reality TV. I think we are on Love Island, weren't you? Not Love Island. Oh um, Do we have to have that conversation? Yeah, we, we can talk about it. It's relevant, <laughs> irrelevant. You've done lots of cool, like, out, yeah, out yeah. there shit like that, which yeah. I think is relevant for building a brand. Yeah. Um, you've also built a big audience, got a million followers on Instagram, now run your own agency, got your own coaching business, so you have a lot of value to give to the audience. Um, first thing I want to ask you is, what do you think is the biggest mistake most people make when it comes to growing their online fitness business? Uh, I think because we live in such a world where everything's so fast-paced and instant that they think it's going to happen overnight. So therefore, they give up too easily before going through the peaks and troughs to get to where they actually want to be. You know, we live in such a instant world when it comes down to anything, your food, WhatsApp calls, all this kind of stuff. In reality, business takes years, but that overnight success is never that. True? 100%. And yeah. like when... when Okay, this is a good thing for context. When did you first start online? Oh my God, bro. Um, so I started training people in the gym, probably like 23. I remember building How a really, really, I'm 34. I remember okay, building so a really shit website, a PDF book when I was like 26, 27. Didn't make any money for a long time. And it was like, and there was no mentorships. There was no fast tracks. There was no telling you what to do. No one hold me accountable either. I just did it because I enjoyed it. And that's what people don't understand when I'm trying to coach people. We'll give you a three-month mentorship to hit your first five figures in three months, which took me like eight years. <laughs> like It was long, but people don't see that, you know? And that's what I say to people at the time is like, I've sold nearly $10 million of fitness coaching and yes. I didn't have me to help me. And no. like you, it's interesting you saying that because we both start at a similar time. Mm. There wasn't anyone to fucking tell me what to do. So I was just working out. You just wing it. Yeah. It was trial and error, but it's what you enjoyed to do. Like it was, I don't know what, what my even thought process was. I, just, I remember I got to a point where I was too busy in the gym and I was like, oh, I need my time back. And now that's a really significant pain point for everyone that we try and pick out to help people grow, right? But we just naturally developed that. Like I need to go in a different direction. I was like, I'll go on. Um, What's the website called? Wix. Wix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that Wix yeah, store, right? Wix store. I used yeah. to sell shitty ebooks on that as well. <laughs> yeah. So it was exactly that. And then um, literally just crappy ebooks and start pushing it out. It was Twitter days then as well. Oh, you know? that as well. That's and then, like- and then even like I remember Instagram came about, and then I wouldn't. I'd boost my post, not knowing where the fuck it was going. I'd just be boosting it, like, and it would slowly but surely get traction. But then I started to do that actual one uh, personal one-to-one kind of stuff and that's where I kind of start to get some revenue finally <laughs> and I think the big thing most people don't understand the reason why I wanted to ask you that is it takes a lot of reps to get there like I don't know if I can do like six and a half thousand posts on Instagram or something and my fitness podcast is three four hundred episodes let alone how many this one's got now and the reality is that people think everything's an overnight success but like they only see the highlight reel they don't see all the shit stuff that goes on behind the, the scenes if that makes sense yeah and it's frustrating because like like today, everyone's spammed with different ways to earn money. FBA, e-commerce, you've got these crypto millionaires earning loads of money in their fucking bedroom, <laughs> like their mom's house. And so people get distracted on those quick wins and they think that's reality. It, they don't stick at anything. Mm. But on the upside, what those people who are earning money so fast, so young... They don't know what it takes to keep growing the business. So when they have their first flop or dip within their business, they'll probably have that, that give up mindset because they haven't been through it. Whereas we can back ourselves because we have experience. And that makes sense. Yeah, and the most important thing for anyone to understand is that like, it's not actually about earning the money that's the important thing. It's the mm-hmm. skills you fucking learn and the person you become and the process to yeah, make yeah. the money. Because if I lost everything fucking yeah. tomorrow, 
I'd fucking start again in another year I'd have a fucking another seven figure business because I got the connection skills and I know what to do yeah. whereas if someone just gave you a million quid you're like well what the fuck am I going to do with this you'd also spunk it straight yeah, <laughs> you'd yeah. just buy everything no I, I couldn't agree more it's, it's you can't buy experience mm. and I think what people want is the, the highs without the lows and it's always been the shittest things that have happened that um, have taught me the most like I had my Instagram account to say, oh, this is a fucking... Did you? Not, not a good story. This is a bad oh, story. Shit. I got divorced January 6th, 2021 no from a 14-year relationship. The day afterwards, I had I gave away my house, all my personal possessions, basically everything I'd fucking worked for to be like, fuck this, I'm burning the bridges, I'm going to Dubai. The day afterwards, I was sitting on a, a podcast, about to speak on a podcast, a big podcast in a hotel room, because I've been kicked out of my house, in Kingston in London. Opened my Instagram account, got disabled five minutes before this podcast. Um, and for me I just remember that time I think I'd read the saying it's like uh, it's not about waiting for the storm to pass it's about learning to dance in the rain <laughs> I've got uh, that tattooed have you actually yeah. have you actually um, yeah. and because and I was like fuck's sake but the, what I I learned from that was huge one thing is I'd always been preparing for that moment because like you can't have all your revenue coming from one thing because that fucks off you, you're done um, so I literally sat down worked at all the numbers of my business and I was like okay with, even without the income from that, like we have enough clients coming from other places, um, Instagram accounts, LinkedIn ad, whatever, we'd be fine. Um, and then I did get my account back three weeks later. Fortunately, I had a guy, thank you very much, Greg, who works for Facebook, who um, was a follower of mine. He got my account back. Thank you. Everyone needs a Greg. Yeah, yeah. everyone needs a Greg in their life. And uh, I remember the moment I was in a coffee shop in London. I was like, fucking yes. Everyone just <laughs> looked at me like, what's wrong with him? Uh, but you know, when you like, it's a defining moment you remember. And it was actually five minutes before talking at an event as well. So I was like super pumped to that. Um, the other, I think, probably the worst thing that happened to me is I had, I woke up to an email. Have you you worked macroactive before in their software system mm-hmm. stuff, right? So payment gateways are a fucker. I had a, an email I woke up to and was like, "You're fucked. Your business is finished." Basically, I had too many payment disputes and Stripe was shutting my uh, account down, um, which was like that's a fucking ideal timing. I managed to work my way around it and they did shut that account down. It was making like thirty k a month, mm. but I um, managed to keep my other accounts going, and. All those things have taught me big lessons in terms of like, if you have a problem, you shouldn't probably ignore it because like, and that's when I say to people now, it's like, what's important is the advice people give you, but it's also like what they tell you not to do is also more important. So you don't hit the fucking ice, proverbial iceberg, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with that. That's a, that's a shit show, bro. <laughs> and that's, when you uh, bounce back, so yeah, it's yeah. fine. But, <laughs> but like people, people don't see that. And actually the ironic timing of things was like, I'd probably just dumped like, 90% of my cash into investments like probably about the month before I bought a property here in Dubai shitloads into crypto and then my payment gateway went down and I was like okay I was like this is good timing and that's why like I always believe in the thing of like things happen Crazy. for you not to you so it's like it's a lesson to learn of like when you have a bigger business like you need to think about these things because things can sometimes happen it's like I try and say that to everyone any, any problem that is in your life especially within business it's just telling you a route not to go down. Mm. So you've trialed it, you've, like you've gone through it. All right, we'll go again to go. It's like it's just like a game, you know. Mm. Your failures and your the resistance is just you got you've got to go through that to learn. The more you like fail, the more you're going to learn. So those like obstacles you're, you've come across, it's just leading you to a better life. Essentially, if you if you have the resilience. And then it's the the three R's to say to people you need to have is like. The resilience, you need to be uh, relentless. And then the other one is, oh, fuck, I've forgotten now. There's another, oh, that'll come back to me. <laughs> but, like, you just need to be, like, consistent in terms of your mindset because so many people just, something happens and they just fucking fold like a sack of shit and you see it in people. And it's like, and, and you know in sales, right? I'll give an example. I think um, December last year, I closed 15 sales calls in the world and I thought it was the fucking greatest thing since sliced bread. I was like, I'm fucking... Jordan Belfort reincarnated and then um, I think and they went five and oh and I was like what the fuck is <laughs> yeah, going on yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and it's uh, you just have to take things like that on the chin and I think for me it's like when I have a really fucking good day financially I'm like embrace this moment because tomorrow could be really shit that's so true Joe. I've been in like my girlfriend sees it I can be in the like really tired miserable mood now close one and I am the happiest person to be around and it's it's a bad and a good way to be, but like you've got, yeah, it's like you say, you've got to have the resilience as well, but you've got to enjoy what you do. Hmm. Like I love the fact I like, get in the sailing is amazing. Okay. Everyone loves doing that, but I also love 
like the 20 year old kid who's been taken off the PT uh, gym floor and he's just done like five grand in his first month he's done 10 grand in his second month he's coming towards the end of the mentorship and he wants to like build his own platform and I'm just like yes that's exactly why we do this that's fucking nice and but that's having impact and you would know what I mean in terms of at some point kind of point that like more money doesn't really mean much it's like and I didn't you, you would have found this from selling shitty programs on Wix it's like I remember like the first time I sold a 15 pound program I was like fucking yes and then like 150 pound program I was like yes and eventually it keeps going up and then you almost become numb to fucking money and it doesn't really make any difference but then what you then get that feeling for is someone saying like you fucking changed my life like I'm retiring my mum and like stuff like that you're like fuck me that's deep yeah that's the best thing no you're right there like money is just a byproduct so I mean, everyone's that's another thing with these get rich quick thing there's no passion behind it as well but if you're helping people help people is probably one of the best businesses i'm so happy to be in it as well but if you're just doing e-commerce selling things on amazon from china like what, what it's not fulfilling you literally yeah you're doing it for money which is fantastic you can do other stuff with that money but the actual process i don't think is that wholesome it's not rewarding. It's not rewarding. No yeah. one's thanking you for like, oh yeah, I bought this shitty spoon from Amazon. It's like, <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. So that's why I love what we do is because we're actually helping people. And the thing is, us being out in Dubai, you'll probably have it too. There's an element of shit you get across the internet because you might be thinking like they're showing off. But in reality, you're just showing the lifestyle of what can be done from helping other people. That makes sense. 100%. But people think you're a douchebag. When you don't mean it to come across that way. But it's just because generally you've probably helped thousands and thousands of people. That's why you're able to do it. I think uh, people have actually said to me that you don't post enough personal stuff enough. You're like, so I've started to do it. You more. don't want to know. <laughs> and um, the reality is, I think a lot of people that the, there's a lot of people also online who is complete fucking bullshit and live at the mum's basement and they're like, mm. they're trying to be a guru doing something. And I think that's where people need to ask questions themselves of like, who is this person of what they've done? Because at a certain point, the highest level of authority with anything is the person who's done the thing and they could teach other people to do the thing. Mm. And I think that's where most people get unstuck is they get lured in by something that team seems to be good to, good to be true and that seems too clever. Yeah. And if it is too clever, it's probably not going to fucking work. That's so true. That's that's why within our business with Elevate, anyone who is a part of our team, they need to have been a successful coach first and come in and everyone's come through our ranks. And that's what a lot of people probably won't realise with me and you. We've done everything from the very bottom. And done it the wrong way at the beginning as well. All the wrong ways. It gives me goose pimples, bro. But (laughs) like being a PT, being shit at it, got good at it, got to the ceiling, no time. Had a website, shit at it, <laughs> earn a bit of money, so on and so on and so on, until we train people to do what we do. And that's the beauty of it. That's what people need to, that's why you need to get on a call with us when you when you speak to us. And you don't just, if you came across our Instagrams and profiles on uh, socials, you just think, <laughs> douchebag. And I get that. On paper, I look like a douchebag. It's fine. Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> and I think um, that's why I like long form content like this, because they can see people's personalities and the way they come across. Yeah. What would you say has been like the biggest thing you've found has been the biggest challenge in growing your businesses, if that makes sense? Um, I'm trying to think, like, probably trying to find one of the hardest things trying to find the right people to work with. Is in people to work for you or as mentors? No, yeah, to work for me. Uh, people I can trust um, and who are right for the job so we can scale. Um, like I said that then, I only want people who are going to put 100% effort in that I know what, what they've been through and what their qualifications are um, and filtering out the team. It, we're a very tight unit, Elevate. Like, like we're a pretty small team, but we work very well together. That was probably one of the main things. And then systems. Um, there's so many ways to go around to make money, but... You want like you have to try loads of different types, which was hard for us right now. Like we're still trying to trying to get rid of bottlenecks within the business, um, upping prices, putting tiered prices in places, offering different systems, and then finding the right clientele. Like right now, something that's difficult is that we have got a lot of volume coming in. We have shit ton of leads, and we have loads of people showing up for calls. But right now, with the inflation in the UK and everything, a lot of PTs can't afford the packages that are going to earn them that like five figures a month, you know, that, that magic 
uh, 10k a month milestone. Um, so finding finding the right clientele is probably one of the hardest bits right now for us. As soon as you mentioned about tech stuff, so like here's another pretty fucking stupid story, and I tell people like lessons of stuff I fucked up. That that same period of January 2021, that was an interesting phase. I made shitloads of money like the few months before, and I started to lose my mind of like you lose a sense of reality of like anything. And I was also getting divorced. I was a bit all over the place and just moved to Dubai. I ended up hiring a tech team. And you know, like you distinctly remember a moment you have a conversation on the phone somewhere. Um, I hired this tech team that we worked with them for four months. I ended up losing 75 grand working with a tech team and How? achieved fucking nothing. And we ended up replacing them with a VA we now pay $10 an hour. That's what I mean. Yeah. Because I got oversold. Um, not oversold. I sold myself into it because I believed everything they told me. And the biggest lesson for anyone listening to this, this is the biggest managerial mistake I made. I interviewed the guy. I told everyone he was fucking great. So then what happens when everyone else interviews him? They think yeah. he's fucking great. Cognitive yeah, yeah, bias, yeah. right? That's, I mean, that's what, you do your research. Like salespeople, if someone's good at sales, they're going to have you by the balls pretty quickly because they're going to sell you the dream, which you are looking for. And then you're going to see the value. Uh, but what's their track record kind mm. of thing? And that's kind of what the point was with people who work with me. I want to know their track record and what they've done, what they're going to bring to the table because there's no point. Like if you've got leaks within the ship, it'll sink. So you just need to make sure everything's watertight, basically. Some of the big red flags of things I look for, no disrespect to people, is I try not to employ men under 25 because they tend to be a bit all over the place. I try to look for guys in stable relationships is normally a good sign. Um, and then like also look if they train and like in a good shape because generally if someone trains in good shape Discipline. they're in a relationship they're disciplined they have a routine they're structured mm. which means you can probably work with them if they're out every fucking weekend on the bender and they're like globe trip around the world and doing XYZ it's like it's probably not the type of person you want to work with and I see that as a mistake people make when they hire coaches when they're business they hire people who um, want to maybe do their own thing eventually or they're not really all in and it's like it's almost doomed to fail from the beginning because they were never really fully in, if you know what I mean. Well, the tough thing is, I, I think this quite often, I teach people to build their own business online. So like you're teaching these people to do it, then you've got people who work for you who might want to do that, but then again, they're working for you. We do encourage our coaches to like, uh, people under it and the staff to actually have their coaching business on the side. But I always think in my head sometimes, I'm like, are they... Wanting to just go do their own thing, like, which is going to take their focus away. I don't want their focus to be diluted. So it's having the right people who are willing to stick by your side and not get distracted by the wins that we're getting other people as well, I guess. 100%. I actually, what you just mentioned made me think of something, and that's um, no one is irreplaceable in a business other than you if you're the owner. And uh, sad story, but our head coach passed away two weeks ago. Oh, no. And... Um, that was a very strange moment in terms of business. Like, fucking didn't know anyone else who's had that happen. Where I literally woke up the next day at like 5.30 a.m. I was like, what the fuck? My phone's like blowing up. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and then obviously you're in a situation where you're obviously upset the person's passed. And then like, I've got a big fucking hole in this business I need to fix. Um, and what I'd said, I don't know, I've never spoken about this before, but obviously only two weeks ago. One of the most important things are like when shit hits the fan is like people are going to look for you for like for confidence of what the fuck's going to happen and sorting the problem. Yeah. So I literally just fucking went and sat in some fucking coffee place in Dubai for an hour and literally just thought like, how can I fucking solve the problem? How can I fill the gaps? And I was very fortunate in the network I have. We brought in two people instead of the one. We're actually in a stronger position. The two guys are great. But it's an example in terms of like, this is also ironic. The day before I put like a, a video on my story of like, when you've like crushed it and like your business is running like a fine tuned machine, the next day someone passes away, you're like, fuck. It's almost like it was an ironic that I fucking did that day before as like a reminder that when you think you've got it fucking ticked off and it's done, like it's not done because stuff can come out. It's always more work. Yeah. yeah. And I say that because if you have a small business, you're going to have those problems. The bigger the business you have, the more problems you're going to have. So like anyone who's listening to this is having a challenge with something. It's like, it's not woe is me. It's like everyone has fucking problems they have to deal with. It's funny you say that. So I was speaking to um, the business partner the other day. When we first started doing high ticket, we used like power links. I don't know yeah. if you use power links. You just send them out. And that was great. We were doing our first like 10K months and life was amazing. There was no staff. There was hardly any overheads. That was such a good time in my life. And then now obviously we've got a team. We've got like 19 staff under us. And I love what we do. But Jesus Christ, it's stressful. Like... 
when you're at your first 10 to 15k a month that's the best period of your life uh, you keep growing yeah but it's good enjoy it because it gets really I, I actually agree with that to be fair I think when I first did 100k a month I was probably more stressed no I was happier at 100k a month than I probably am now because I had less problems and things to deal with because it's like when you're starting out and you're first, you're first winning and your lifestyle isn't Dubai lifestyle <laughs> that's when I was my happiest bro because it, it, life was just good it was just me it was just me and Jamie and it was just like we were just chilling doing high ticket it was great I think the big thing most people should take from that though is that um, be careful what you wish for to some degree yeah. and I actually listened to the interview with Iman Garzi and Mike Thurston like, yeah. when he, and he was saying like you don't want this fucking shit and I was like I can really understand that because I can imagine if I add a zero to all the problems I have I'm like not sure how much I fancy that at that point and um no matter how clever you are with the business, the bigger the business is, the more shit's going to gravitate to you or the bigger the problem you have to deal with, right? More money, more problems, bro. Yeah. And right. it's, it's, you, only, you, you only know when you get there. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? And it's an unfulfilling prophecy in that respect. But men like us as well, you won't stop. Because no. you'll never, if, if even if you sold everything for millions and millions and millions, you will get up and build something else tomorrow because it's the way we're built. And you get bored. Yeah, you get, I'll be, li- yeah, I'll be going crazy. You won't want to be around me. Like, I can't, I'm always hungry. There's always something else you can do. And it's a blessing and a curse. But I wouldn't change it. Ever. It's funny you say that because I think that a lot. And I think that's where people need to understand that um, there's an upside and downside to everything with everything. Like if you want to have a nine to five, you've got, you've got stable income, you've got a stable job, cool. But then if you want to have a highly successful business, like you said, you can have the peaks and troughs. And that's why one of the things I say to people is like, I tell people not to do monthly recurring fucking payments is retarded to do like paid in full payments like six, 12 months um, up front because I say like monthly recurring for pussies because basically you don't want to fucking sell next month, right? It's like if you just do paid in full to the time you sell up front just means you just have to keep selling and doing your job. Mm-hmm. The reason people want monthly recurring is that they want to sit on their laurels and be like, I'm cushy, we can just take over. It's and like they, can they take the foot off the gas, right? It's giving that little bit of cushion that they can spend on the weekend doing shit that's not mm. relevant towards their goal. Mm. It's like what Dana White said. You see that thing? No. It's like um, people uh, want to quit their nine to five and go all in. He's like, you don't have a fucking clue. It's not a nine to five. It's a twenty four hour job at that point. You're not going to stick at it, kind of thing. Like it because it's like you're up early. You're going to bed later. You've got more stress than anything else because you've got no security but yourself. Like no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to save you. He did a quote about it. It's like gone viral everywhere, and I was like, "That's so fucking true." But people only see like the end goal, you know. That it's true, but it's not safe to have a nine to five because someone can well, find you. So, like, I'll give you the best example, and like, I like to teach a lot from like experiences I had. I used to manage a branch of an estate agents for a company called Leaders, who were fucking terrible in terms of um, being a corporate company. I originally worked for like an independent agency. Mm who were really well run. The guys were sharks. It was super motivational to work for them. Like I learned a lot of how to run a business from them. They got bought by a corporate agency of like old women. You're like, what the fuck is this? And then I remember they had like a new policy that came in. They were basically sacking all the admin staff. A week before Christmas, I had to sack like five or six women. I like put them down in the room and be like, yeah, like the company decided to get rid of this department no and like no one else would do it. So I was like, all right, I'll go. I guess I'm doing it. Um, and that always stuck in my head of like people who think they're safe in nine to five, you're not because they can fucking get rid of you when you want. And the reality is like, at least if you run your own business, you know, if the fucking, there's a problem. Yeah. Whereas if you're in a nine to five, like you could just turn up tomorrow and not have a job. This sort of winds me up about the, the society nowadays. I think it's becoming a lot more present. Uh, and how, when you go to school, if you look back at what they teach you at school, it's bullshit, shit, bro. You know? When do you use all the things like algebra, like geography, yes, maybe, but like no one teaches you about entrepreneurship, anything about taxes, anything about money, anything that's important for you to scale, to literally fall into a system, which is the whole matrix thing at the moment. And it's it's actually awful because the amount of money you spend on it, you know, your parents have slaved away to put you into this system to teach you to work for someone else. Like, it's fucking appalling. Sorry to anyone listening like that. I think it's so true though, isn't no, but 100%, it? 100%, and it's... The biggest f- reality is they don't want you to go and do your own fucking no. thing. That's why the tax system is designed like that to fuck over small businesses yeah. because they don't want you to leave. They want you to stay in the PAYE job, be the cog in the system. They don't want people leaving and doing their own thing because they lose the control. Um, and the reality is like you actually doing your own thing, controlling your own destiny is way more motivating, fulfilling 
and also you can decide what the fuck you want to do like you can work as much as you want work as little as you want and the reality with most people like if you're going to go in and do this you need to go all in and the most stupid thing I see most people doing they haven't got an online coaching business they, mm -hmm. they quit their job and go going all in and like going to do what like like specifically tell me what you're going all in to do <laughs> like then they don't know and the reality is like I'd say someone's like don't quit your fucking job keep your job pay someone to teach you what to do and implement that build your income up so you've got stable income coming from the online coaching and then switch out because like when I was an estate agent I was maybe like making like 20k a month online mm. before I left and I was earning like 80 100 grand a year from that job as well I was fucking laughing like that was a good time I had more money I knew what to do with yeah like um and well, then you know, I was taking the piss I wasn't doing any work at work and I'd just leave when I wanted because I didn't care um <laughs> but that's where you want to be in that position where like you have some stability that you have income coming from your job whilst you can pay someone to teach you yeah. because the reality is yeah you might figure out on your own but it might take you three years but what's the cost of three years of making no fucking money yeah that's so true people should use those jobs as like like is that in regards is it is a safety net but only if you're using the money correctly cor correctly and using after hours to actually learn something a new skill to escape it so I agree in that sense but a lot of people just stay in it Going from work, watch Netflix. <laughs> in the loop. In the, yeah, in the loop. Then it gets a Friday and they get smashed all weekend. And then in that cycle. Yeah. Do you know what's funny? It's like I like fucking love working Sundays. It's my favourite well, day. The weekend's work. my best because no one fucking talks, no messages me. So I get my own. It's not like that as well, but I feel just like I'm getting ahead of the world. Like I'm beating, I don't know who I'm beating, but I'm beating someone because I'm getting shit done on Sunday. I love it. Whether it's training, whether it's work, I just feel. I love fresh Sundays. It's my favourite thing. For you, is that because this, this is for me? It's because my calendar's clear. I haven't got like Zoom call, Zoom call, like, so meetings or any it. bullshit. So it's like, I can do whatever I want. So what do I want to do today in the business? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, exactly the same. So Friday, Saturday is like off, but I got one to one bookings and I'll, I'll just message some people if they want to get on or if they make a sale on Sunday, I'm like, sick. It's just it's a good day. With... Um, social media at the moment what do you see in terms of content that's really working or not working what do you think is going to change with that at the moment because i think in my opinion i think a lot's changed in the last 12 to 18 months in terms of like what's working and what's not the platforms generally and maybe a lot of people just copying the same shit if that makes sense yeah i mean the whole hormozy um videos that are going out they're going viral at the moment mm. and they're probably the easiest thing to do like this this gonna mm. get cut up and Put everywhere, right? Um, but I think a lot of people focus on trying to go viral. Rather, uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of people try and focus on going viral rather than giving actual value towards the people they want to attract for a client. I spoke to literally someone yesterday who's in the fitness space, but his videos were all viral trends, like trying to be funny kind of stuff. And there's no value within the content. Cont uh, content. So when from a client's point of view, are they going to build trust? No, they're probably just going to have a laugh and they'll share it, which you'll get good views, but you're not going to get any money out of it. At the end of the day, you're not going to get any clients. So I think that's one of the hardest things people need to stop trying to go viral and give more con more value behind what their business is. If that makes sense. hundred percent. I think uh, the way I explain it to people is like, if say for example, I said to someone like, try this bicep training tip, when your next workout, whatever it is, they try it and like, holy fucking shit, this is insane. Then they're going to have a positive relationship with me straight away and believe everything I say. Yeah. And they're going to be much more likely to be like, okay, I want a coaching. Who am I going to go to? His content's super helpful and I really like the way he articulates stuff rather than the guy who dances around the gym like a performing clown. It's, that makes sense. it's TikTok, bro. Shit. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But another thing is like, also I've noticed this. If I put a topless picture of me up, I get loads of likes, but there's fuck all coming off the back of that, right? Then if I try and do something, and this is quite common across the board, if you give something like valuable, talking, giving information, the engagement goes down because I don't think the system, the algorithm... It's, it's, it's fucked up, right? Yeah, but the, yeah, it's fucked up. Because actually the good stuff it's doesn't good, work. It's the good stuff, yeah. But also, in reality, if you've got one or two clients with very, and you get fuck all likes, I'm happy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it pays the bills. That, it pays the bills, exactly. But a lot of people like this guy I speak to the other day, he's focused on going viral and get hundreds of thousands of likes and views and all this thing. I'm like, but are you getting anything out of the back of it? No. And this is actually why people, sometimes people 
go into the coaching business because they get, or a business, because they're getting lots of engagement, but they've got to realise what that engagement is coming from and who, who's clicking on it. Is it 16-year-old mm. girls? Like, that's not going to be your clientele, you know? You need to give value. You need to filter through your audience by giving the right content. And the way I explain like, anything to people is like, what problem does this solve? So the, mm. the, the goal of like organic content is to get you fucking traffic to sell programs to people generally, or build your brand. Mm. Now, something I find interesting that like we've worked with like clients who influencers before, huge followings, like million followers plus, and they went around paid ads, but they're making like 10 grand a month. I'm like, dude, this makes no fucking sense. It's like, you've got a fucking huge audience here, just fucking monetize it. You don't need paid traffic. Cause like you start running paid ads, you can actually lose money. But the reality mm -hmm. is with, um, organic, it's like the easiest thing to scale at that point when you have that much inbound leads. But I think most people, that I've spent over a million pounds on Facebook ads for fitness. So I, I, I've lost a lot, I made a lot. But the reality is that that is a way you can lose a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing. So people should focus on like the low hanging fruit of what really works first, optimize the systems. And then like you add paid into that mix, it's then like you're off to the races. I think it's really about understanding as well of what's best for you. And a lot of people don't know. I literally had a call before. Uh, with the with a coach and she was she got 2,000 followers and she was like I want to build my own app and platform automation all that kind of stuff and I explained like it's usually going to be low tickets it's automated and it's probably not the best thing for you because you're going to need a lot of people to sign up but if you want to hit your goal goals like 5k a month but if we could do your high ticket price that could be anything from like two to three to five clients if we if we structure it right and you've got 2,000 followers so as far as I'm concerned They've got 2,000 eyeballs on you that already know who you are. So we can, I'm sure you can get five clients out of that, right? So it's about working out what system works best for you. People that you like, people listen to this. You do not need millions of followers to be doing really well. This is you a question I was going to ask you. you. It's such a... Lie. Yeah, like facade. Like you don't, it's a lie. You just need to work out what works for you best. And I think the reason people think they need a lot of followers is they're telling themselves a lie that they're not good enough to do it. And it's a, like an inadequacy within and a, a lack of confidence. And then on the other side, I see the people who have big audiences who want to run ads is they see that's like the fucking easy thing where I don't have to do anything. It's going to run an autopilot. Mm. The problem is when you actually have to run ads is you have to do it. There's a lot of fucking work to that in terms of like, if you're going to run them yourself, they're pretty complicated and hard to learn. You also have to test a lot of different creatives. Mm. Um, and you might fucking, nine might not work and you lose a load of money and then one makes a shitload. Um, and I think you talk about emotional challenges, you start like pumping money into ads and losing money. It's a, it's a calculated gambling at that point, but you have to have the margin in your business to be able to carry that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, 100% get that. I think I'm actually a really good example because people think, I've got a lot of followers, therefore it's going to be really fucking easy for me. But my demographic and audience is from everywhere, from ridiculous TV shows to like whatever it is. And like, it, my, it's such a variation of people who follow me. So I still have to filter through everyone to find the right people all the time. And then with algorithms nowadays, if you if I'm posting valuable stuff, my engagement just goes, but I need a few for like a few people to be doing really well. Something I think is really, really interesting is I actually think it's the opposite of what people think. Yeah, it's, people yeah. think you need a big following to make a lot of money. You actually have a small following. It looks way better because- but It's more genuine people. Because they're going to, not that going to believe you more, but the reality is if you've got 5,000 followers, you've got a million, I've got half a million, whatever, they're going to feel a lot closer to you in terms of personal relationship rather than That's like, so he's up there, he's down there. Like you're automatically going to have a feel of a tight relationship because you're more relatable. That's so true. Um, I think I've had that conversation with a coach before. Like when they've got a smaller following, if they're hiring someone, they know they're going to get more attention because there's less distractions and less the volume's less, right? Which is true. So, but with people who have like a following like that, it's usually a more genuine audience as well. The micro influencers, they're actually probably sometimes more powerful than people with big profiles way stronger engagement actual people who probably yeah. like know like and trust them and it's that like tribe effect you only need a thousand people who fucking if you've got a thousand people who fucking love you, you by the way you'd be a multi-millionaire what you want yeah. yeah like you don't need 10 million people to follow you or to no. engage with your shit i think that's um a fallacy that people get bought into if that makes sense mm -hmm. that's true why do you think so many people get pulled into that trap like have you felt like obviously you've got a big audience did you find like did you think as that grew that it would 
it would have more of an impact than you thought or less? Because I, I found my, mine, as it went up, it didn't really... I wouldn't say my audience growth was the biggest thing that made a difference to me. No, the systems did. Yeah. Um, and the skill set, mm. that's what changed everything. Um, I mean, I've been a victim of like trying to get the most likes and all that kind of stuff. Because when I first started coaching, I still had brand deals going on, but I try not to do really anything anymore like that. I've just got one focus for Elevate. But that was, again, diluting my focus of what really mattered. So... What was the question again? <laughs> um, in terms of when your audience building, did you notice it? Oh, right. Like it changing did. in terms of I mean, like growth as much as you thought it would? Because like a lot of people say, say for example, if you went from 100K followers to 200, like yeah. your business should double, which... That's not true. Hypothetically, yes. But in reality, it's like, I say with paid ads, like the more you spend, they perform worse because you're getting less of an accurate person f hitting them, if that makes sense. I think with... It depends what platforms. Mm. I think YouTube if you double your audience, the people who are watching that are highly more invested because you're watching a long video, which builds more trust, I guess. Whereas on Instagram, TikTok, all this, it's, it's flick through platforms. So I don't, yes and How no. much they like, buy into you from a six yeah, second reel, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, I don't think so with Instagram, which is one of my reasons why I'm kicking myself because I remember I had a conversation with like one of my old managers. They were like, um, you should do YouTube. And I was like 21. I was like, oh, this rubbish. I was like, whatever. <laughs> if I did that now, I'd be, I'd be laughing. Hindsight's a, a wonderful thing. If you could go back, actually, it's oh, a good question. Man. What would be the, the number one thing you would do differently? Would it be that? Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at all, like, look at Jake, look at the polls, you know? That is fucking wild. Have you watched a documentary on Netflix? No, I watched it. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Is it good? good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're a prime example. They just filmed anything in their backyard and whatever it was and once you get that audience that's a very trusted audience as well they will follow you to die <laughs> like they like even little mike mike's mm. got what 1.8 million subscribers he's got like a solid community behind him really people invested with him so and i think the audiences that you get from the other platforms are not like that especially well, tiktok's full of shit that it's, uh, <laughs> it's a waste of time um we actually we tried to we've monetized a bit on it and dabbled in it. We sold you a few programs. We tried for a while, but it was just shit. It's not worth yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I'd say the most important thing people should take from business is like business is a game of simplification, not multiplication. Because like here's another stupid mistake I made in that phase where I hired the seventy thousand dollar tech team, which is all the shit. I, I wrote on a board. It's like our goal was to get to a million dollars a month. I like wrote down fifteen different fucking strategies. We're gonna implement all of them at the same time. Hired loads of different teams to do all this shit. And it was a complete fucking mess because I was trying to do too many different things. And it reminded me of that saying that um, an idiot will be a genius when an idiot's doing one thing and a genius is doing five. And I was trying to do fucking 15 different strategies and implement yeah, all yeah. at the same time. And it was just fucking anarchy. That's why you're doing so well because you've <laughs> tried everything. Yeah, you've, you've failed a lot, which means yeah. you've, you've won a lot, right? Yeah. No, but that's true. But that, that's the reality. It's like, uh, I know Alex Cormosi gives that statement in terms of like, with business, like you can strike out fucking three times, but you can hit one home run that's equivalent of fucking thousand home runs. Yeah, yeah. When you course. find that one fucking thing, you're yeah. good. Like that's that, growing up, everyone was like, you need was it seven sources of uh, seven sources yeah. of income, which is such bullshit. Because yeah, every millionaire has seven sources of income, but every millionaire has that because mm. they don't come a millionaire because the seven yeah, yeah, are one one, one big it? fucking yeah. income, right? That's what Hormozy said as well. Yeah, no, it's so true that, and that's what I actually got misled by when I was younger because I was like I need this 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 and real in reality I just wanted to do one like it's not what I wanted to do I just thought I needed all those things whether it's brand deals whether it's getting involved in crypto and stuff and this is why now I literally just focus on one thing because if you do something long enough you will get traction and it will work and I struggle with that a bit because we have three so I have seven figure scaling systems our fitness business and we have a call center in Mexico closing force and between the three of them, like the call center are not massively involved in, but it still takes up mental space. Mm. And you're just spread so thin that I knew if I just had one, it would be way easier. But I think I obviously can't change that situation. It's a good problem in some essence. But that's when I speak to people I'm like, yeah, I've got fucking six business. I'm like, as soon as someone's like, I'm like, you, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Because like, <laughs> yeah. you, you wouldn't, right? Like, nah. you just have one really fucking good business. And mine sort of all sit over each other anyway. The, the pressure to do one really well is more than enough you know 
I wouldn't want to be involved in something like if I had double the stress of what I've got now. Pressure is a privilege. Don't get me wrong, but Chris Bumstead. Chris Bumstead quote. Is it? Yeah, he says that a lot. <laughs> um, like I wouldn't want to put myself through twice that. <laughs> I wouldn't be sleeping, you know. And I think um, the one thing I'd say from my experience is that your business will grow to the level of your personal development, also your stress tolerance. And you'll notice from where you're at now with your businesses is that like the things at the beginning would have phased you, like you know, like oh, I'm fucking bothered, like I don't care, like it's not a big issue. And I actually I'll give an example. I can't remember like our tech woman messaged me like, oh, we've got a big problem, and like whatever it was, that's not fucking pro- like big problem to me is like Instagram account, Stripe account. Like yeah, a yeah, legal yeah. issue or something that's that's a problem like the the website fucking url doesn't work properly it's like okay just fix it like and i think that's where contextualizing that is important also for anyone who manages a team it's important to like do that from the top down because if you're managing the business and you're scatty which i see some entrepreneurs everyone below you is fucking all over the place as well because yeah. you need to be like um equilibrium and like same like competency all the time whereas if you're like up and down then the business is going to be like up and down. Well, do you know what I found actually quite difficult to do? And subconsciously, I didn't realise it was stressing me out so much until I went to the doctors the other week. Um, when you're building your own business, this is your empire, it's your baby, right? But if you order for you to scale, you need to give parts of the pie away and you need to have trusted people that are going to do your job, which you were doing, so you can focus on other stuff. I think that's one of the most stressful things about scaling, putting some a job in someone else's hand who you can trust to do it as well as you because you fucking care so much that was one of, that's probably one of the hardest things about scaling your business going back to that first question it's funny you say that because uh i messaged a friend of ours chris yesterday uh, chris spin was who watched his podcast with him it's very good um and we're implementing a linkedin ad system and i'm like like my big thing is i fucking love like implementing doing stuff really quick and i'm like i was like i'm like chomping the bit like i want to do it myself but i'm delegated and i'm like i have to like almost like a crack addict i have to like stay away because yeah. it's a distraction i'm like my fitness business, I'm not allowed to work and I almost like consult to it of like, just tell them what to do and you guys do it. And I'm like banning myself from doing anything. Um, but that's also a good sign because the biggest thing I see in most people is we don't live in a world of like a lack of strategy or like ideas. There's a lack of fucking implementation and execution because mm. most people procrastinate so long for doing things. Like I'll give an example that we have an event uh, next weekend we're doing a Dubai our mastermind event. And I've been procrastinating on making the fucking presentations for it for like three weeks. And this morning I'm like, this is fucking long enough. You just need to do it to get up fucking two hours earlier. I just sit and did it. I was like, that wasn't that bad. But it's been in my mental head for so long because yeah, I couldn't, yeah. be, couldn't be asked to, to get in the mindset to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally get it. That's Whereas sick. I should have just done it. You could, if you just got up and did most things and winged it, because you're so educated on what you do, you, 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 wouldn't, have to, you wouldn't build up the stress. you just get along with it. Um, it's interesting you say that though as well, because... I know I'm talented at certain things. I try and wing stuff too much. So <laughs> I like, I won't prepare for stuff and I just wing it. So if anyone wants to know a secret to look really intelligent, if you spend 10 minutes preparing for like a fucking sales call or a meeting, it goes way better. So like I now try and like slow myself down rather than being like a bull in a china shop. And I think that's where people at different levels of business, you use whatever you have the time to get you there. So like for me, I was from the ground up was like all guns blazing and just to fucking do everything and just more volume of work and then now it's more about like put my manager hat on and managing people which I don't inherently really like doing and also thinking more before I like fucking jump into things and actually saying no to more things like, I'll give an example like, that's so true it's, it's fucking hard because like this is, the, this is the reality as your business grows you've got more money you've got um, more resources of staff you've got more opportunities so an example of something I said I stalled on we're going to create a discord group for fitness trainers and I was going to do it last month and I was like this is a fucking terrible idea way too many other things we're trying to implement right now I was like just fucking pause it otherwise it's going to be like another thing that's mental baggage and just because we don't do it right now doesn't mean we're not going to do it next year but it's an important thing I think for people like focus on what actually like makes you money so if you're a fitness trainer it's like two things book calls close calls you don't need fucking overly elaborate systems and like, all this other stupid shit sometimes. Mm. It's true. It's interesting though, because a lot of people will still procrastinate about doing stuff when we live in a day and age where you can get everything at a touch of a button as well. Which literally no one's got an excuse. <laughs> like you, can lear- you can learn anything. Now you've got AI, which is just simplify things even more. If you think about this, if we context when we and Josh started, 
you probably got anything you want to fucking know on YouTube. You got mentors who you can pay to help you. You got AI that'll basically give you the answers to anything else as well. There's loads of people who've like proven the path of how to do it. The fucking only excuse you have is the one you tell yourself in the mirror. It's so true. It's just so frustrating. Like <laughs> when when people are moaning to me about why they're not doing, why is it not working for them? And then I'm just like, you need to be doing X amount of this, that, and the other. Like people moan about doing outreach, but it's on your phone while you're on your sofa for fuck's sake. Like just like, <laughs> it's life couldn't be easier. There's not more information at your fingertips and people still wonder why they're not getting there. It's not, it's not because of the systems or the information. It's because of you. Not doing the fucking thing. Yeah, doing the fucking thing, yeah. It's, it's frustrating to hear. And when people do moan, I'm just like, ugh. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that's why I say for everyone, even if you've got a team, it's important you lead by example. So like, I'll still do like 15, 20 outbound messages a day myself on my account. I'll do, so anyone sees me walk around Dubai Marina in the morning on my phone, that's what I'm doing. Um, so literally I'll do cardio and I'll go for a walk for 20 minutes and I'll just bang out a few messages and then send them to the team to deal with. And it's, that is an example, like when someone, a trainer says to me, like, I don't have time, I'm like, well, I fucking do it. Like my time's probably more valuable than yours. Like you've got time in your day. If it's a priority, then you'll, you'll do it. Yeah, so Jamie, my business partner, um, he was a PE teacher before and he went through like, something super tragic. His, um his daughter passed away. Oh, shit. Yeah, and um, when people moaned to him, he was nine to five PE teacher and then he built like six figure business on the back of having that in, the, in his head. So when people moan to him, and this is why it like hits home, even when I like feel like I'm being lazy a little bit, I'm like, there's no fucking excuses. Like if you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. And like, that's something that always hits home to me. And it's like, it's a pleasure. I love working with Jay. He's amazing. Um, but when coaches moan to him, especially I'm like, you're preaching to the wrong quiet. I think um, the big thing with most people is they just want it to be too easy and it's not going to be easy at the beginning, but then like choose your suffering. You choose to suffer now. You work really fucking hard you maybe suffer more intensely or you suffer, suffer the rest of you suffer the rest of your fucking life. We're fucking meant to suffer. Nothing's going to be fucking easy. Do you want to know something interesting? Um, most people say live your passion. And the reality is that passion in Latin actually means to suffer. So no way. Yeah. So if um, you want to live your passion, you have to fucking suffer to get there. And that's the reality in terms of like, if you want to be really fucking good at anything, like someone I, I think who, oh, how the fuck does he stay motivated? It's Cristiano Ronaldo. Like he's in the fucking Saudi Premier League just crushing everyone still at the top of the game got more money he knows what to fucking do with probably greatest football in history but he's still like the first person at training it's like how the fuck do you like the mindset to do that just fascinates me it's like the whole thing Kobe said wasn't it it's like it's it's not the end goal it's the journey the suffering everything getting up early all the training sessions when you look back on it that's the fucking dream it sounds weird but like all the mornings and nights I'm up doing all this really boring shit. But when I'm sat on a balcony and I'm looking back at what I'm doing, I actually fucking love it. <laughs> that just reminded me of, uh, so when I lived in the UK, my office was like a shitty shed in my garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's legit. I made a lot of money. I made like a seven figure business in this, the seven figure shed, I'm going to call it. And I remember <laughs> there was no fucking heating. There's no fucking air conditioning. I remember like walking down my garden at like 4.30 a.m. to go and fucking start working in there. I had to put the fucking, I had like one of those, you know, literally electric <laughs> plug-in radiator. I had a fucking hat on, like fucking typing away. And I like look back now, and that's the fucking good old days of like the grind that no one fucking saw. Yeah, man. Of like making my own funnels, doing all the shit. And then in the summer, it was too hot because it had like a black roof on the top of it. It was like flat. And literally, it'd be like 40 degrees. My Mac MacBook would like overheat, so I'd have to go and fucking work somewhere else. And I look back now, and I'm like, when I'm like, oh, this is fucking a grind, I look around, and I'm like, this is not that bad. <laughs> She get a, she found a picture of it. It'd be like that yeah, one of uh, like Elon Musk or something where he's in his garage. <laughs> now, I've actually got a video, so I'm gonna try, I should try and find something. I must oh, mate, hundred percent. That'd be the best before and after. I'm gonna get the one of like the view of Dubai Marina from my office now. Yeah, I got like the weird shit, like red like therapy lights in my office and loads of weird <laughs> crap like that. So I'm a bit of a nerd with uh, biohacking, but then and then the fucking the shed would be a good one. Yeah, that'd be sick. Should definitely do that. What would be your final piece of advice, Joss, to finish up in terms of? stopping anyone procrastinating how can you stop someone procrastinating bro like i, I shout at them <laughs> like you can only learn to stop procrastinating by implementing 
discipline to your daily life. Um, and that's going to come to le by learning to do the things you don't want to do. So start with stuff that is maybe working on yourself. So like going to the gym when you don't want to. Maybe start get, set yourself a challenge for the week, getting up at 4 a.m. and start going to the gym. Doing things you say you're going to fucking do. That's so how you build confidence, right? Yeah, build confidence, build discipline. So when it comes to doing things that you know you need to do for the greater good, you'll just fucking do it. And then also, please learn to have delayed gratification. Do the shit on a daily basis and do not expect fucking anything for a long time. And then one day, you'll be very happy because all the daily things you'll do will compound to something big. So I think like, just set, like doing 75 hard is a great example. Mm. I mean, it's quite intense actually, I think, but like just setting new tasks and sticking to it, that will overflow into other areas of your life, whether it's your career or your relationships, you know, and you'll learn to just get on with shit when, even when you don't want to. And that's the reality. It's like probably 90% of the time you're not going to want to do it, but you've just got to fucking do it anyway because yeah. the only person you're letting sit down is yourself. And I'd say the most important thing for anyone in a business is understand everything is your fault because it's your business. And also like, you'll know this now with like teams is like, if someone in your team is shit and not performing well, that's my fault or it's your fault. Cause I fucking hired them and I trained them. So like who else am I fucking blaming, right? The thing is, you know you're not doing the right thing if you're not doing the right thing. Mm. Like when you're on the sofa- Your conscience will tell you. Yeah, like even if you're, if you're in the, if your head's in the fridge right now and you're about to eat some chocolate, you know that's the wrong thing to do. Or if you're on the sofa and you could be doing a little bit extra, you know it's the wrong thing to do. But, it comes down to your character like don't build that person go down the other route go down the hard route thank yourself later yeah, that's good things to finish up on um, where's the best place for people to find out more about you Josh and what you do uh, go to theelevateagency.online uh, if you want to get involved in coaching or go to at uh, Josh Mooney on Instagram awesome sure you guys love the episode make sure you share it to your stories on Instagram I'll reshare it with Josh as well make sure you share this episode with a friend if you took a ton of value give us both a follow and we'll see you next episode soon.